And so, with the cup held high, me the leave Croke Park, All-Ireland football champions for 1949. Oh, beautiful me, you've got all that I need. Dimpsey hits Davin Fay. Anthony Finnerty comes in and gives him a touch of the elbow. Colm Kyle hitting Finnerty. This is Colm's first point. Finnerty delayed the action, looks around, sees Martin O'Connor coming in and thinks that the best action is to go down. What a set of matches we've had. Four terrific and memorable games. Final score means 2-10. Dublin, 15. So Joe McDonough, GA president, presents Sam McGuire to Graham Geraghty and meet the football champions. Hello ladies and gentlemen and welcome to another edition of the We Are Mead podcast. I'm Mickey Brown and I'm delighted to be joined by Kieran Flynn, PRO of the Mead County Board and uh, sometimes, uh, no I won't even get into it yet because I know <laughs> it'll come later on in the podcast um, and uh, obviously David Rispin from the Rispin blog and Corton and uh, Bohemian Parish and uh, St. Dalton's Neighbour <laughs> and all that jazz and whatever like, and headman of the uh, GA Predictions um, <laughs> brought to you by Cortez. Well, I'm GMC. definitely not my results this week, though, yeah. <laughs> and we uh, we will be trying to uh, see if we have the results from this week's uh, um, predictions. Um, we're just not sure if everything has been calculated yet, but we do hope to be able to bring them to you later in the podcast. On this week's podcast, obviously, we had club action. Uh, the clubs were back in action this weekend, and we'll be looking over the Fesh Cup, Cornabonia, and Tajin Cup results. We'll also be looking at uh, the ladies um, as they got their little... Um, league campaign underway also the Mead Hurlers were playing in Division 2A they were coming up against Offaly and then obviously the Mead Seniors were out against Tyrone in Oma today Sunday and uh, a disappointing result for the Mead Hurlers or the Mead Footballers and obviously the Mead Hurlers as well um, but it was the ladies who carried the carried the hopes of the county this weekend uh, with their win over Tyrone Um I suppose we'll go to the Fresh Cup first, or no, we'll go to the Torture Cup and we'll go to Kieran Flynn who will uh, give us the results from the Torture Cup. And we'll, what we'll do is we'll touch on a couple of the surprise results um, in the um, Torture Cup. Good afternoon, good morning, good evening to all of our listeners uh, for the classifieds here. So, Torture Cup Group A, Dunsany 1A, St Vincent's 111. That's a win for St Vincent's. Kilbride 3 Sorry, sorry, missed you Go back on that one. That's a defeat, I think, for Dunsany. <laughs> I said we win the championship, not the Tosha Cup. <laughs> Kilbride, 3.15, the Slains, 10 points. And that was a joke. Uh, Kilbride, 3.15, the Slains, 10 points. That's Group A. Group B, Beliver, 15, to Boards Mills, 1.9. And St. Ultons, 3.15, to Clonards, 3.9. Group C, St. Mary's, 3.13, to Dumcondrets, 1.4. St. Bridges and Courtown drawing 11 points to Courtown's 1.8. Then the one game in Group D, Minolte one ten, Clemenham Wood one nine. So I suppose it would only be right to go to uh, David Rispin for this one. One of the big shocks was uh, Cortain getting a draw with uh, <laughs> <laughs> coming back from the dead, <laughs> uh, going ahead by a point in the closing stages of the game, but uh, St Bridget's managing to get the equalising free at the very end of the game. Yeah, five minutes into injury time, they they managed to get a free and. 
Joe Blake is probably one of the best free takers in the junior <clears throat> junior grade, um, and he stuck it away really well. In fairness, probably on the balance of play, I'd say a draw was was about the fair result because, as you mentioned, I think they were four or five points up at half time, playing up a little bit of a hill, a bit of a breeze behind them. Um, I have to say the pitch and ball in the Cree, absolutely brilliant, top class for this time of year. Couldn't actually get over how good it was. It was a decent game of football. Um, ebbed and flowed throughout. I suppose it draws a decent result. You know, as Flynn mentioned, you know. It's Talton Cup at the end of the day. That's not a slight in the competition. It's just treated as a pre-season competition now. It's more for kind of getting, you know, you know, run outs into the legs and stuff like yeah, that. Absolutely, yeah. Um and that, that it was good um good game from that perspective. So I think both clubs still in the shake up and they'll take it. Yeah, good exercise for, for, for the lads. Um and teams wouldn't have been back too long, so yeah. nice to get a game under the belt. Kieran, any other ones stand out for you? I suppose we'll have to go to Dunsany. You are a selector on the Dunsany team, <laughs> but you just came up against They're a yours. tough and stern um uh, uh St Vincent's. Yeah, we're looking forward to playing Slane next week. So uh, that's what we were talking about before the air about maybe empty answers. So I couldn't possibly comment on my position within the organisation, and I couldn't possibly comment on the game at hand because realistically we're just looking forward to playing Slane next week. So yeah, I, th- I thought another result that actually um, was worth mentioning was Samaria's win over Drum Contra. Um, serious scoreline to be putting up three thirteen. You know, um, I, I, there are two clubs coming up from Junior B. I would have expected it to be much tighter than it was, but the Marys, I think, have benefited from five or six young lads coming through from under 17s last year, playing in their first year now in adult football and making the step up to Junior A. You know, they're they're going to need big performances going into the league and championship for that matter. So. They'll take a lot of confidence from that, and of course they play us uh, this Thursday night coming, so that should be a t- tasty encounter. Nice easy one, nice easy one for the youngsters to bet in. <laughs> now, just on a serious note, the Dunsany game, it was a bit of crack. The Vincent's very, very uh, fit and energetic team. In fairness, they came out of the blocks early. They showed why they've been in the knockout stages last year. So, the Vincent's are going to be a tough team in that Tulsa Cup this time of the year. Extremely fit. They travel the. the kind of the softer ground very well, and our pitch was very soft now at the weekend. I think there was no real. It was three advanced marks actually. Surprisingly, there was actually a line of sand every ten meters. So I'm not sure if he was given advanced marks anywhere on the field. <laughs> he wasn't sure what lines were happening. But there was actually one great mark in fairness. The number eleven for the Vincents caught it. Real long high ball. And he caught it over his head and it was very good. And put the hand up and put it over. So the advanced mark looked good in our game. Other people complained about it. Yeah. So look, the advanced mark. I think it's going to be a great rule. And um, when teams and players get used to it, I know. It's got a lot of bad press over the weekend uh, from the county games. Uh, a lot of people saying there's no need for it and they're giving out about it and whatever. But look, just give it time, I think, to bed in. and It will be uh, like a player, as you said, rising above a man and, and, and catching the ball above two or three men and catching the ball. He, he should be protected in some way. So look, it might work out. We're going to move on now and we're going to go and have a look at the results from the Corner Bonia. So Corner Bonia, we're in Group A. We have Castletown defeating Bective on a scoreline of 13 to 8. Then we have Moyla, 1 9, Dundry's 5 points. Then in Group B, we have St Patrick's, 1 13, Declamenum's 3 points. And Meadhill, 2 9, Sidon, 15 points. Then in Group C, we have Rakenny, 1 9, to St Michael, 16 points. And then we have Trim losing by 6 points to Dunbarra, 1 13 to 9. In Group D, we have Blackall Gales, 3 11, to Banalogs, 1 8. And then a draw, Oldcastle 2-12, Ballaracky 2-12. And then finally in Group E, Walterstown 3-8 to Delete Bellusan 1-13. Yeah, look, there's some interesting results there when you look back at a trim losing to the Rumbara by six points is an, is an interesting one and a funny one. Um, but uh, the one for me, like Kenny, 
losing by four points to St. Michael's. Stevie Rispin, that's that's a huge win for St. Michael's. Yeah, I, I wasn't at this. This was Friday night, but uh, a teammate of mine, Tommy Smith, was at it, and um, he was very impressed with St. Michael's. Stevie Wright at the helm there again this year, the bronze Adonis. But um, he, he told me that the two Lynches, Kieran and David, who's just back from a serious um, jaw injury, great to see him back, by the way, because his year was cut short last year. Um, along with his brother and Oren Meehan were outstanding on the night the three of them were unplayable um, Caelan Canigan played for Rakenny he's a member of the Mead panel obviously returning to full fitness now but yeah. good to get 60 minutes under his belt but um, yeah I think that's going to be the way Rakenny aren't going to get out and easy in the intermediate particularly going to clubs like St Michael's they're seasoned intermediate outfit at this stage and mm-hmm. they're going to have to get up to the pace pretty quickly or else uh, they can find themselves chasing their tail very soon yeah, Kieran. Any other results in there that kind of stick out for you? Like, in fairness to Drumbarra, that is a great win over uh, Trim. Now, I was talking to somebody from Drumbarra, and they were saying that Trim were missing maybe nine or ten other starters, and Drumbarra were may- maybe missing six. But either way, it's still a really good win for Drumbarra and their new man- manager, um, Kieran O'Malley. Absolutely, I know there was an awful lot of Trim lads playing with the hurling team, but you just have to react, and Drumbarra obviously reacted strongly, getting that big result. Uh, the standard fixture for me is Oldcastle Ballabracky two twelve apiece. Like they're two teams that will definitely have their eyes on getting that uh, intermediate championship victory at the end of the year. So the fact that, that was up in Millbrook uh, under the lights at six o'clock on Saturday evening, I'd say it was a tough old affair. Now neither of those teams would leave Anthem behind them, and they both have reputations for tough football. Yeah. Another result I'd like to just touch on. Ballinock. Uh, no, Myla yeah. the Ted Dow, uh, Ted Dow Derby. Myla um, beaten Dunry by. I think it was one was nine to five. one nine to five points, which is a serious win. Yeah, you know people have speculated on Milo going up to intermediate now as defeated finalists in the junior championship last year, but that's a great start for them. I think that they're going to have Sean Riley back, you know, nearly full time now, which will help them in the cup and in the league. And um, there's no reason why they can't, you know, benefit from a good start and you know more so the confidence and morale that they can feel that they can mix it with these intermediate teams that when they do arrive at championship come what August maybe um, that they can get results so good start for them Ted will be delighted yeah and a huge win for Blackhall Gales over Bannonlock 3-11 to 1-8 uh, so a 9 point victory there for Blackhall Gales you know and who who have been struggling the last few years, but seem to have stemmed that tide and seem to be just, you know, slowly coming back. Yeah, it's good to see, that, as you mentioned, you know, they got out of the group, I think, last year. Um, been unlucky, I think, to be beaten by Waterstown in the preliminary quarterfinal, possibly in the intermediate. And and it's just a case of, as you said, stabilising where they're at and trying to push on now. Um, I was talking to Alan Esther about a week or two ago, and at that stage, they hadn't actually got a manager for this year. So let's hope that's been rectified, but clearly it's having no influence on them because that's a great win um, against a, a decent ball and lock side. It is indeed. And we're going to move on now to the Fesh Cup results and we're going to go to Kieran Flynn for those as well. So we're going to zoom up the road here to the top of North Mead for our first game. Uh, Nobber 2-7 to Gale Cullen Kills 4-12. Another game in Group A saw Nafina 2-14 to Dunchocklands 4 points. Group B saw the local rivals of Screen and Curraha facing up. Screen 11 points to Curraha 7. The other game in Group B saw a draw match between two of the big teams in the Championship, St. Peter's and Boyne 1 6, Navan Matinee's 9 points. Then in Group C, St. Column Kills 2 14, the Central Send 2 8. Another game in Group C were taught the defending champions of the Senior Championship, 2 14 to Manalvi's 12 points. Then the last group, Group D, Simonson Gales 1 11 to Summerhill's 9 points. And a massive victory here now for the Wolf Tones, 3-14 to Dunham or Ashburn's 
Yeah, a huge score in that last game there between Dunamore Ashburn and uh, Wolf Tones, 311 to 314. Um, looking at it there, um, on a personal note, Simonson getting a great victory over uh, Summerhill. And we spoke about this one last week, Davey Rispin. Um, the amount of county players that were involved on both teams. And we missed out on one as well. Mark Gardner, uh, Simonston centre-back last year, or wing-back, um, played his first uh, Alliance National Football League for Antrim uh, today. Got a win over Wexford. And he's a quality, quality footballer. I know him a long time. Played soccer with him, played Gaelic with him. And, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm absolutely delighted. He obviously has a parentage connection to Antrim. And uh, I'm absolutely delighted for him to get a chance to play county football and, you know, to go out against a Wexford team that has been managed by Galvin. Yeah. Um, you know, today, that's that's a huge win for them. Yeah, kudos to him because, you know, people make a lot of um, comments, and rightfully so, about lads and the commitment they give to inter-county football for their own counties. But this is nearly his adopted county. He's having to do probably twice as much travelling as anyone else to get to and from um, Antrim every night or every second night, whatever it may be. But as you mentioned, they're playing their trade in Division 4 and it's just brilliant for a county like them. I know there's been a lot made about Casewind Park and everything and, and they probably dominated the news more so in, in years gone by as regards things off the field. But great to get a win on the field because like like Wexford with Paul Galvin, there's been a lot made about them, a lot of noise down that end. For them to get that win and obviously Mark Gardner being involved, it just shows the, I suppose, the complexity in that, you know, lads don't have to be necessarily assigned to a certain county and they can play sort of like the soccer lads do for Ireland. You know, if you look at the Republic of Ireland international team, it's nearly made up of more lads from that have grandparents and fathers and mothers from. So, yeah, no, fair play to him and, and we wish him well. It's great yeah. to see. A great win, 310 to 13 points in favour of Antrim. And he played the full 70 minutes as well. Wasn't subbed off. He is a quality, quality footballer and I'm delighted for him. But bringing it back to Simonson, we also had four members involved with the county and then Summerhill had three. Mm -hmm. So when you consider what Simonson were missing, um, and I did see the team sheet and whatever, they, they were fairly depleted, like, you know, but, but still had, you know, the quality. Simonson have a great panel. That's that's yeah. the point I'm trying to make, like, you know. Yeah, I was following this one on Twitter as well. And to be fair, as you mentioned, there was probably seven or eight lads between the two sides involved in county, but two quality outfits went out and played the game as yeah. well. You know, um very impressed with um the scoring, I suppose, first and foremost for the time of the year and, and a and a cold winter's night. Great to see. And I suppose that's a general theme across all the Cup games played over the weekend in, in large amounts of cases there was um very high scores which which was great to see and good attacking football played. But um you mentioned the lads that were playing, you know, you, you had Ben Hoy there who, who played a lot of football last year, Podge McKeever, who's a mainstay in that yeah. side of the team. Um Andy Carney, Andy Carney back who, whose yeah. cameos last year, you know, single handedly nearly turned games on their heads. Um so yeah, I look at Simon Center always going to be strong. But Summerhill too, I mean Connor Frayne played, Davy Dalton was there, mm -hmm. um, Liam Shaw. So there's you know, two two good sides. They'll meet again and they could meet several times before the end of the year. A couple of other results that stand out, maybe you know, Nobber going up into senior ranks, losing by eleven points to Kells, and Kells always, you know, they're they're gonna do that to you because they have full squad all the time and we've talked about their potential players that can join the uh, the county team. They're really, really strong. But one of the ones that stuck out for me, might go to Kieran Flynn for this one, was Nafina um against Dunshockland. Dunshockland shipping a very, very heavy defeat, two fourteen to four points to Nafina. Yeah, it's a massive defeat and I know we, we, we investigated and we found out a lot of the Dunshocken players that weren't there. But realistically, the missing the likes of Ray Maloney and Crimmins and lads like Dan Ormsby and a lot of these lads were floating on their panel for a few years now. 
it's still no excuse to that. Like it's it's a big defeat, like that sixteen points. But maybe Nafina just showing that they want to recapture some of that form that saw them get to a county final a few years ago against Summerhill. It was it twenty twelve, wasn't it? Against Summerhill, yeah. and like they they want to recapture that. So maybe they're making a statement early about, and they're again missing like Ethan Devine and Shane Walsh. So it's great to see, and they're missing a few of the Slevins and that who mm-hmm. play with the hurlers. So it's interesting to see Nafina pushing on early. They scored two fourteen. That was uh, replicated by St. Colum Gills. They scored two forty as well, but Sanchez scored two eight. So it's just impressive when they conceded so little and scored so much. Yeah, that's a worry for Dunchaplin as well. I mean, four points. I know it's very early days. We have to stress that, you know, across the board really. But you mentioned Dan Ormsby and Ben Duggan going travelling now. Big losses, first team footballers. They're without obviously Matt Costello, who's in with the seniors. Luke Mitchell's with the twenties. Matt Moyles is with the twenties. So in fairness, them three will be back and they will make a big difference. But it's the your your John Crimmins's, your Cueven Kings, the the older lads. It's it's about trying to get them back and obviously not rushing them back, but making yeah. sure that they're back in good time to get themselves up to scratch. You know, come come peak time in championship. Yeah, I, I I look. I don't think any alarm bells are going to be ringing no. in Dunchotland. It's yeah. just a you know a local derby practically there. Um, and they would have been disappointed with the result. Um, we're going to move on now. I'm just going to check with David. Do we have anything on the ladies' match just yet? Yeah, we do. We have we have some feedback from the ladies' match. Um, okay, well, the ladies were taking on Tyrone in Dungani and, uh, on Sunday at midday, I think it was, and they came away with the victory, 2-14 to Tyrone's two goals and six, and that that was a... Uh, uh, they played Tyrone in the in the intermediate uh, All Ireland final two years ago. Was it three years ago? Two years ago. Yeah. And uh, and they took a tidy tidy uh, beating that day. But this me team have gone from strength to strength, and that's a huge win uh, in their opening round Division Two Little National Football League. Absolutely, they'd probably be two of the biggest teams in the division. Yeah. I'd say you know meeting on round one, and they could well meet later on, maybe in the final or that or semi final. Well, Cavan are in there as well, and Cavan have been in that league final Division Two league final three times in the last four. Yeah. So they have, it's and only it's, one up, it? it's only one up. It's the winner of the league. Cavan mm. uh, have topped the table uh, all three times, um, and we're ahead and by four points. The... And then losing the final, <laughs> losing yeah, the final. Yeah. It's 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 a it's a weird one. It's a weird how the ladies football um, works, but you know that is the way the rules that they have. Yeah. So I got a bit of feedback, not from Tom O'Connor, but from someone via Tom O'Connor. Um, so Tom's got it from Michael Deegan, the prodigal son from Dunham Ashburn, as he calls him. Um, <laughs> You know who was at the game, so he obviously sent Tom a bit of information. Um, he says the first half was excellent. He says there was some brilliant footballers, um, and brilliant performances. Sorry, I should say. Uh, he says Monica McGurk typically brilliant uh, in the goals. Emma Troy, Mary Kate, Kelsey Nesbitt, and Emma Duggan, who I think managed something like ten points on the day, which was uh, crazy. You know, she's she's such a good footballer, going from strength to strength. She's still improving. That's the scary thing. Mm-hmm. She will get better as well. Um. In, in midfield, Maria O'Shaughnessy and Avian Cleary were outstanding as well, um, and and they kept you know the the danger women I suppose with Tyrone very quiet, which was you know excellent as well. Um, there was a girl I do, the, the way Mick Deegan says it is Avian was marking your one woods, <laughs> and she must be a good player, but yeah. she, he, she she seemingly did a number on uh, on her, but. They're one of the strongest teams in it, you know, and obviously Cavan to come, it's it's a great start for me. There's been a lot of positive vibes coming out in the Mead camp probably since the jersey and the new sponsorship deal has been uh, announced. And there's some new additions in the squad. I know I noticed that a few of the Simonson girls are in there in addition to what was already there. You had Regina yeah. and Kelsey Nesbitt. Um, Kelly Harris is in there as well, brilliant footballer and has been playing exceptionally well for Simonson the last two or three years. So they're just going to go from strength to strength and, you know, getting 
those sort of results early on will will serve them well. Of course, they're playing. Um, they have a big double header coming up. I think in two weeks before the Mayo game. Um, in Nav and Flynn might talk about that one, which will be a great occasion for them just to get in big crowd. Hopefully, before the me the Mayo game to see these ladies, and hopefully they'll be going for a tree from tree from by that stage. Absolutely, uh, Kieran Flynn, the double header. Yeah, so all three of our national league games for the lads are going to be double headers. Two of them with the hurlers, one with the ladies. So first up, obviously next week the hurlers are playing against Wicklow. Then in the Mayo game, the ladies are playing at twelve o'clock, and the Mayo games at two. And then it's the Galway games at home. We're playing hurling against Mayo. So there's three double headers, which is great to see. The tickets are the same price, so you'd be mad not to go and you get two games for it. So, but it's great to see. Like, um, I know those people giving out in the public arena this week. Why weren't the ladies playing the part? Olsen? The simple reason for that was it was sanded and it's under repair for the national league. So when the team when the teams are in that venue for nearly ten months of the year, we be a club matches, county matches, and county training. It needs to be let fallow, it needs to rest. That's just logical thought. So it's under repair, sanded, and it'll be ready to go for the leagues. And then once it's under, it's available again. There was only one game that the ladies were able to get in so far. So it wasn't, I know some people get out there, it wasn't purposely made not available, but that's not true. Yeah, um, good to have that clarified. And just for anybody who wants to know, the team I mentioned, Cavan, they are playing our team need next weekend. It's on Sunday at 2 pm uh, with a venue to be confirmed. And that very well could easily be uh, uh, the, the pairing that could get to the National Football League, the, the little National Football League Division 2 final. Um, we'll, get, uh, we'll get you one of them half and a half jerseys for the final. And I hope, <laughs> and I hope to God Cavan lose for the fourth time in 50 years. Yeah. Well, I, I look, I've covered an awful lot of the Cavan games for the radio and I've seen an awful lot of the, the, the Division 2. And Meads, from what I've seen of Mead over the last couple of years and I've seen a good bit of them as well, I think they're well capable of... of, 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 uh, of Definitely been up there in the top three or four of Division Two and and aiming for that final. So there's no reason why they can't. I think uh, both Cavan and Mead are on the rise at the moment. So it'll be interesting to see how that game goes next weekend. But we do wish the Mead ladies the very best of luck next weekend and and congratulate them on a fabulous win over Tyrone. We're going to move on now to the small ball and we're going to move on to the hurlers. Mead hurlers were in Burr today uh, Sunday taking on Offaly and. Um, you know, we spoke about this one last week. It was in St. Brendan's Park and Mead recently played awfully in the Kyo Cup and got handed their asses. But in fairness to them today, they lost by two points and they will be disappointed about losing. But what a performance. They leaked eight goals the last day against um, against uh, Offaly, the last day they played them in the Kyo Cup. Kept them goalless today, and Mickey Burke apparently had uh, an absolute stormer in midfield, keeping one of the Offaly um, players um, who who just scores goals for fun. You'll be able to give me his name now in a minute. Kept him, kept him scoreless for the game. Yeah, the Offaly man was Liam Langton. He, I think he scored twelve points in the game, so he's a flyer. Uh, the good few performances for me, uh, Paul Johanran. I mentioned him before the game, saying that he was going to be one to watch, and he he wasn't watched too well by the Offaly lads now. There was one eleven coming from Padja Hanrahan from Ratoth. Alan Douglas played very well. He got three points, as well as Jack, Re- Jack Regan got three. Eamon Dunnicke got two. And, of course, uh, Tohor and Derek Kelly, two great lads to score as well, scored. So it seems that at, at halftime we were down by eight points. And from talking to a few of the lads who were at the hurling game, it's unfortunate that it was on the same time as the football. He'd love to be at all these games. Uh, it looked like awfully were decent, but so were Mead. And it's great to see that uh, basically, we rang them close. Like for example, we nearly got a goal to Damien Healy. 
big ball caught like a big strong man like he always is it looked like Mead were going to rock them but unfortunately awfully showed probably some of their traditional like sometimes it's hard to beat the traditional team even though you run them close but it just shows you that means that's the strongest team probably in the division even though they're actually in the lowest championship of all the teams Antrim next or sorry Wicklow next then Antrim so they'll be bouncing back against Wicklow next week it's going to be a serious day out that's what we thought on the Patreon when Martin O'Halloran was interviewed talking about the rise of the hurling and just you have to show your face there in the two games in Paratalks on Sunday. Yeah, absolutely. And just looking at the National uh, Hurling League Division 2, the Alliance National Hurling League Division 2A, Kerry got a huge win over Mayo, winning by 17 points. Antrim beat Wicklow by nine points and then Offaly obviously beaten Mead by the two points. Mead are in fourth place on score difference. But look, it bodes well for Mead uh, considering that Offaly are probably the the top team in that division. Kerry is going to be a very difficult game as well. Kerry really, they won the the um, the Christy Ring Cup only a couple of years ago, didn't they? So they, they're going to be a, a tough side as well. But look, that's a, it was all about performance. We just talked about this on the podcast last week. It was all about performance and that's one hell of a performance. <laughs> Losing by two points, 26 points to Offaly. Mead, one goal in 21. Mead were down by eight points at halftime. Really rallied in the second half and came back and, uh, very, very unlucky not to get the win. We're going to move on now to the Mead senior hurlers or senior footballers. And uh, no, you never se- asked Davy what he thought. Um, we'll talk <laughs> to Davy um, next week about the hurling. Um, he was at the football today. He didn't make it down to Perth. Like yourself, yeah. Um, but uh, Davy, I suppose we will go to you. Mead taking on Oma, a return to the Alliance <laughs> League Oma, Division yeah. One. Um, uh, you know, a huge game going up to Oma. Back in Division One for after fourteen years, um, and a disappointing result: one fourteen to Tyrone and one nine to uh, Mead. Five point defeat. A lot of positives, a few disappointments, but I suppose the positive thing is that Mead really could have come away with a victory. When you look at the stats, they made the wides they had. I think uh, Tyrone only had four wides, two in the first and two in the second half. Mm, Tyrone typically clinical, I suppose, and that's something that we probably has to have to aspire to to become and I think in time we will but it, it's a it's going to be a harsh learning curve until we get to that point because you know in division one you're going to get punished for not taking your chances in division two and three and the likes you do get away with it to an extent you have a cushion you know? nearly you do yeah. because they'll the teams are playing with all due respect will miss as much as you do but when you come to division one you play these elite level teams they won't let you off the hook. And, you know, we've seen that Mead in the first half, I thought, were excellent and um, created some really good chances. Two goal chances in the first five minutes. One through Killian O'Sullivan, the other through Ben Brennan. Squandered them. Fair enough, we got the goal through Brian McMahon. But then there was point chances after that. Um, and we went in at halftime, I think, a point down when realistically we could have been easily three, four, five points up. That would have completely turned the game on its head. And as a result, you know, second half we came out and... Tyrone stepped it up a bit. I think they had to. They, they weren't in their free-flowing best. And, you know, we did struggle to match them second half, which was disappointing because I thought first half was very encouraging by all aspects. But you mentioned Oma. It, it's such a, you know, even when you're driving into it, you know all too well. Like, it, there's just something intimidating about the place. I don't know. Yeah. I can't quite you tell you what it is. Maybe it's just a northern town. It's just different than maybe what we're used to. Um you come in and, and, you know, they do make it hard for you. It is a hostile environment and, you know, the, the supporters do really get behind them, which is what we're looking for probably in Navin next week and that. Um, lessons to be learned, I think there will be. I think the lads will be disappointed. No one will be hurting more than they will, obviously. Um, and I think they'll be looking to set set it right, hopefully, next Sunday against Donegal. Yeah, Kieran Flynn, you were up there with the lads, uh, part of the... 
the the team obviously that goes up with uh, the players and the management. Um, the, the players very very distraught after the game. Yeah, extremely disappointed, and ultimately that's what I think as a supporter we'd like to see. There was nobody saying, "Ah, sure, it's only a game, we move on." Lads were annoyed. They left things behind them. They had opportunities to score, which they didn't take. They let things by. There was decisions went wrong. They had better options, didn't take them. They had chances, as we said, like to get the pass right. Things just didn't go a hundred percent. There were probably possibilities of black cards for Tyrone. There were, there were definitely cynical fouls. But did they just get the, the under the remit of deliberate pull downs or trips? That's the question the referees have to ask themselves. Definitely, definite cynical fouls. But overall, me players disappointed. But they've got the great thing about the national league, which is different to the championship. You have another set of games coming up very quick. There's no respite. You're basically going to get bam, 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 game, game, game. So if there's something aching you tonight, me players will be going through their video, they'll be going through their, their recovery sessions. All they'll be thinking about now is how do I improve? Bay Donegal. That's all you got to do. Yeah, big game for me next weekend. They're at home to Donegal on Sunday. And uh, again, we're expecting a huge crowd uh, in Park Tolchin for that game. But it was, uh, you know, uh, we, we will be... On our Patreon service, we will be doing the Loyal Royals podcast. We will be going into uh, into depth um, and doing our analysis of that game. Um, we have an interview with Andy McIntyre after the game, and you know, put, holds no um, punches back. Says you know, calls it as it is. Um, and also, we'll be doing our Instagram interaction. Um, a lot of people tweeting us about that today. Just before we do uh, uh, finish up on the game, Davy, um, you know we. We had an injury to Andrew Colgan in the warm-up. Um, uh, Young York comes, comes into goals for his debut. He's taken off at half-time. We're not sure if it was an injury or if it was tactical. Um, Barry Dardis goes into goals. Um, so we had, a, we had a real big problem with the goal uh, with, with uh, the goalkeeper today. As in, you know, three. we ended up starting with one, as in Andrew Colgan was supposed to be starting. Then that was changed to York and then... We've got a uh, Dardis in, so that's a, that, that's a, mi- a bit of an issue. Then I suppose the free taking. When you look at our free taking, we we didn't convert enough from frees, and just maybe the, the the clinicalness, as 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 you mentioned already, Division One they punish you, um, they punish you more often than not when when you make mistakes, and that's that's something these lads, you know, they will get used to, and f- as well as that. There is an awful lot of injuries on the team at the moment. And in that Andy McAtee interview, he did say, you know, he's not sure how long any of these players are going to be back. So we're just in a bit of, not turmoil, but we're just in in a different position at the moment that we don't have all of our top players available and we have a problem with free-taking and then we have a problem with now an injured goalkeeper and we're not sure if Young York is injured as well because he had to go off at half-time. Yeah, it's a, it's a bit of an injury crisis, I suppose, the right way of saying it, because it's circumstances, as Andy says himself in the interview, beyond our control. We can't obviously control lads getting injured and, you know, how bad the injuries are and everything. We can just hope that they'll be back um, as soon as possible. Going, firstly, I suppose, to the free-taking. Um, yeah, it's an issue because, you know, our, our, what I class is our first three free-takers are injured. Mickey Newman, Donald Lenehan and Shane Walsh. So straight away you're down your top three free takers from that side. Ben Brennan plays, he takes them on his left side. Um he he had a couple today, one difficult one um from outside the forty five was actually a great strike. And I think Colin Cavanagh caught it over the crossbar. 
it, it would have went over for a point. The other one um, just didn't catch it right and dropped short. They were the two from that side. And then Brian McMahon, in fairness, took on the responsibility of taking them. So, you know, full credit to him, put his hand up and, and you know, did kick a few over, did miss a few, but look, he's not a natural free taker. So that's understandable. Um, the goalkeeper thing, obviously, was regrettable in the sense that Andy Colgan, as you mentioned, um, you know, was down to start, took part in the warm-up and then, you know, pulled up in the warm-up. Actually, had a quick chat with him walking in after the game and um, he, he said he, he heard something or felt something popping in his knee. Um, I don't know, was he saving or was he kicking the ball out or what, what the prognosis was. But at this stage, he's not even sure what the damage is. He will yeah. probably have to get a scan this week and we'll see more probably later in the week. So probably doesn't sound the best. Didn't look the best either. He was hobbling and he was on crutches. Dominic York, as you mentioned, um, a young goalkeeper who will be t- a top-class goalkeeper in my eyes in, in the years to come, um, filled in at the last moment. And, you know, preparations, you can't prepare for these kind of things. You're literally thrown in five minutes before the throw-in. Yeah. You're braced to be on the bench. As a goalkeeper, you know, <laughs> you don't expect to come on, really. I know they say you always have to be ready, but there's far more of a likelihood of a defender or forward coming off the bench than a goalkeeper. A goalkeeper generally comes off if there's an injury or there's a red card or black card. Mm-hmm. So he's he's literally thrown into the action for his uh, mead debut or competitive debut five minutes before the off. Um, f- fair enough, few kickouts went awry, you know, in that first half. But you know his handling was quite good. I thought he was cool on the ball, made a good save. He made a mistake, but he, he redeemed himself from the result. And Ron Runiel went to play a cheeky one in, and he was off his line, recovered to make a good save to knock a bind for a 45. Um, as you mentioned, we don't know what happened then at halftime. Was it an injury or was it tactical? Barry Dardis comes on. Barry, as we know, went in last year with maybe the view to play in in goals, but then ended up playing as a forward due to his form. So he went in and um, took on duties in the second half. So... We don't really know where we're at going into next Sunday as regards goalkeeping. It'll it'll be interesting to see what happens and transpires during the week. Well, indeed, just one stat that stands out for me. Uh, we will be going into depth on the analysis and on the stats uh, with Kieran Flynn on our Patreon service. But uh, the stat that st- sticks out for me: total shots for me, twenty-one scored ten. That's a conversion rate of forty-seven percent. And uh, Tyrone shots. 25 scored 15 that's a conversion rate of 60 and anything above 60 is where you want to be 60 is the lowest you really want to be at and and that's something that you know they look at because they had enough chances they had as nearly as many chances as Tyrone um, when you look at it here absolutely and there was a few people in the crowd kind of you know with this kind of bemoaning kind of thing and we hate to kind of to recognize it but the Tyrone lads were being very adventurous and they were kind of kicking a few wild ones and that's why their stats are actually at 60. Uh, like they actually had a few wild shots but that can be also counter can looked at that they had a few great scores from distance. And see the reality is we probably didn't take enough long range scores. We actually dropped a few short which is criminal and we'll be talking about that in our analysis. But Tyrone kind of showed that they're, they're there a long time in Division 1. They don't usually get bet that often in Healy Park. We went up there kind of with fresh fresh impetus that we're Division One first time in so long. We learned a lot today. There's gonna to be a lot of a lot of thinking in the mid camp this week. Lots to be reflecting like mad on this. It's hopefully it's gonna get better and better as the week goes on, but I wouldn't be too disheartened. Tyrone were brilliant. They had better shooting, but if Mead kicked a few more, like we weren't that far off the pace mm. like with a very poor conversion rate. So we just kicked a few more scores. I know it's an easy thing to say, but that's the goal. Kick a few more of the back. Yeah, um, it really is. And uh, I suppose the goal chances could have made a huge difference that we, we that we um, squandered in the early part of the game. Look, we will be um, 
uh, go into um, uh, more detail on our Patreon service. Go over and look for the Loyal Royals podcast, um, where, as I said, we'll have that interview with Andy Mack, and we'll be going through our Instagram interaction. Before we finish up, we're going to go to uh, David Rispin for the GA predictions. Um, the your club, Corton, are doing it, and we've set up a league for ourselves with the We Are Mead lads and anybody who uh, wants to wanted to join it. Uh, any of our listeners. We have some results in, and uh, I'm guessing it doesn't make for good reason reading for any of us here. Well, speak for yourself, Mickey. But <laughs> yeah, so 26 people entered the We Are Me League. I suppose that brilliant. It's a side piece of the actual overall competition, and um, the results of which won't be probably published until tomorrow evening because we obviously have paper sheets which need to be corrected and everything as well. So this is literally just people who've entered online. So we will release the full results um, hopefully tomorrow night. But from the We Are Me leaderboard. From week one of the twenty six, Nicholas Finley tops the tops the league with fifty points. Wow, really impressive. Um, I don't know fifty out of a possible what I'll work that out. That's my stage name. That's my stage name. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. No, 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 no. It's definitely not. <laughs> um, serious because you know obviously there was a lot of draws this week in the national football league. So to get fifty points is outstanding. Um, second place Tom O'Connor, one of one of the. Big lads in the We Are Me showing he knows his stuff. Oh, uh, we're going to have to listen to that on the old Twitter yeah, machine, so we yeah. are. Uh, Keith Fitzsimons, another one. Who's, Good stuff, Keith. Yeah, 39 points, third place there. I know Keith definitely got three draws. Out Correct. Of, yeah, so he must have fairly um, fecked up the rest of them. <laughs> uh, but three draws would have served him well and got him up there. Flash Gordon there with four, fourth with 36. Then it's Jamie Coslow, Good Carton, man. Susan Kiernan, Shane McNiff with 33. Shane Riley, 32. Mark Bennett, 31. Myself with 29, so I'm doing all right. Did you skip me there? Uh, no, no. We'll, we'll come <laughs> no, to you. I think so. Oh, lad. Gary Coyne with 29. Richie Quigley, 29. So three of us joined at 29. Mark McCoy, 28. Decky Mann from Dundry, 27 from Colin Cuff. There's the bell, Kieran Flynn there with 26. Hey, no. Yes. About mid-table yes. there. Um, Shane Mulvaney, 24. Cormac Brady showing his stuff there, 22. Terry Bruton, 21. Brian Rispin, 21. Pat Conlon, a good old Pat there, with 21. Susan Farrell with 19. Uh, there we go. There's Mickey Brennan there with 19 there. <laughs> he's not <laughs> the bottom, no. no. He's not far off. And Robert Perfield, 16. Oh. Adrian Smith, 16. Mags Guinan with 14. Ah, Mags, Mags oh. come on. She's, she's below Mickey. She's, she's disappointed with that. <laughs> and Stephen Duffy with 14. So Mags and Stephen, giant bottom. Mickey, not a whole million miles behind them. A lot of work to be done there. Oh, well, look, you know And Brian I, Kelly nowhere to be seen. Just no, zero, zero. He's, he's that far down that he's not even on the table. Um, yeah, look, I've I did no preseason training. Um, absolutely none. Even Flynn did more than me um, with Dunsany. So sure. I'm, I'm going back to training this week. And uh, look. I'll give a better show on next week, 100%. Even with me religiously not picking draws, because I don't believe you should be allowed to pick draws in these competitions, you know. That's why I'm just saying, you know, that's my thing. That's the rules I always said last year, so it should be wins and losses. So you don't have the balls to pick a draw. No, wins no, and losses. Okay. That's yeah, but, but, so you're going to change the Allianz Football League that it goes to extra time that yeah, I win, no, win be, on the day. Yeah, it should be overtime. Every game yeah. should and be And to be honest, it's very Drawn's easy to pick. Shite. You have one and two chance to pick it a win. Nicholas Finley's top because I'd imagine he picked three or four draws, which just, it's outstanding, really, and hats off to him. Yeah. Apparently he picked them all draws, maybe, and he got, he got lucky. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> like, you know, was, and there was a lot of draws this weekend. Um, look, it's brilliant. Um, it's really good that uh, we have have uh, 
have that up and running now and then we can get it on a Sunday night hopefully after the results come through and we can update all our We Are Mead listeners and let them know where they stand in the Cortown GA prediction results. I actually have Nicholas Finley's predictions that he picked from you okay. know last week so I'll probably just touch on a few of them. He got the two draws in Division 1 between Dublin and Donegal or Dublin and Kerry and Donegal and Mayo he got Tyrone and he got Mayo ah, he's out then he's out for picking Tyrone yeah that was the rules isn't it yeah but he, so he got all he got all right in Division all 1 all right in Division 1 he got Armagh to be Cavan he got Westmead to be Clare he he fecked up on Roscommon and Leash he picked Roscommon and he got Kildare right so he got 3 out of 4 in Division 2 then he picked Derry to beat Leitrim didn't get that he got Cork right he got Longford to beat Loud and he got the draw between Tipperary and Down this is unbelievable stuff he got Carlow to beat Wicklow Limerick and Watford <laughs> no one knows uh, Antrim and Wexford he went for a draw Antrim obviously won that one and he went for Sligo to beat London so like in fairness he got um, he got three he got three or four draws there yeah, yeah. Uh, serious going so he'll, he'll actually take beating for the whole thing I'd imagine. absolutely yeah it's a huge score I remember last year like I don't think I think maybe once once somebody broke 50 points last year maybe 52 but yeah, uh, it's usually, 50 would usually win it for you yeah. like does Brian Kelly have a chance now like is it now is it aggregate or is it going to be added up at the end it's, it's he could still join and still probably catch Mickey Brennan but <laughs> <laughs> well, we've been doing kind of weekly winners too in a way that like I know, well, no, it's for a, us, it's, I mean, like, for us, it'll be important to see who well, wins the weekly. No, it's a, it's a seven-week thing. Like, Nicholas Finley's top now, but there's every chance that we can catch him. So, it's done in seven weeks. So, the fellow who wins it at the end of the seven weeks, Is he'll it? shake his hand and he'll walk away with a bit of a prize, hopefully. Yeah. And kudos to him. Absolutely. Um, a fair play to <laughs> David Rispin. He's trying to get a, a, a prize sponsored there for our We Are Mead League and, uh, and an accumulation of points at the end of it. We'll, uh, we'll see uh, the winner. Uh, announced here on the We Are Mead podcast. That was absolutely brilliant. Um, not for me though. Um, I hate. I'm just so annoyed that Brian Kelly didn't enter because I'd be ahead of him at least. <laughs> I don't know about that. Oh look, come here. You guys are only ten points ahead of me. Twenty. No, you were 20, 29, I nineteen. You're twenty six. So he's only seven points ahead of me. It's a bad well, week. I'm ahead of you. You are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you won't be for long. Uh, next week's going to be a good week for me. Uh, I'm not going to let the heart rule the head. I'm not going to let the heart rule the head next week. Um, wasn't the cabin result affect me up this week? Um, anything else? Have we anything from the county board? Any other business? Uh, no, just everything is going well. I probably had, oh, yeah, the youth referees. Sorry, so I asked you before to bring this up. We had a second part of our youth referee seminars we had two weeks ago as well. We've got 50 new referees all in the 16 age bracket. They've all been trained up now to referee under 13 and younger, and maybe a few summer competitions at older ages. So it's great to see 50 of them. So if you're at a game this year, you see a youngster referee in it, make sure your behaviours are the best because we want to encourage these to be the next generation. A lot of people lament the sometimes the grey-headed referee that comes in that they probably, they, they would, when their children see them coming and they would have had them when they were children, like they're out of that long. We have a chance now, 50 new referees, if 10 or 15 of them stay at it for the next 10 years, we'll be in a good shape in the GA. So give respect. Yeah, absolutely and uh, from Davey Rispin the Rispin blog is there anything further that you want to bring uh, to the podcast this week no I suppose it's not too late for people to join the we are <laughs> predictions right, so, um, oh, well, well there, like, there are people who probably have signed up to the uh, court term predictions the GA predictions that maybe they could can yeah, they well, go in there, and join no that problem league if they, if they get in contact with myself over the next couple of days and let, let us know that they want to be put into the we are mead league I don't know is that a good thing from our point of view because we'll be pushed out even further but look at uh, we'll give them this chance because I suppose it's only right that they have the chance to join it so let contact me anyone that wants to start afresh can join at gapredictions.com 
com for this coming week and enter we are mead we space, space we, we are space <laughs> league um, and we'll get yes, you into please. that league but there's 26 there and you know we could have added up to 30 or 40 next week which would be great yeah uh, absolutely it's, it is a bit of crack and, and it's going to be a good addition to the podcast every week uh, thank the lads uh, again for coming in to do the podcast uh, well done to the mead ladies on getting a victory over Tyrone hard luck to the hurlers who lost it by two points um, but still it was all about the performance for the hurlers against Offaly in Burr they will be disappointed not to pick up the window and obviously the mid senior footballers they're going to be disappointed after their five point de- defeat to um, Tyrone and Oma on Sunday that's today and uh, they are at home next Sunday to Donegal and we need to bring the crowd and bring the noise to Park Tolchin that's it from the We Are Mead podcast this week and remember We Are Mead why it matters more